Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Well, hello there to everybody listening to Growing in Grace this week. I'm Joel Brzezinski. Mike the Cap Kapler is with me, and we're going to talk about this uh, wonderful gospel, the, the gospel of God's grace and peace and how we've been cleansed forever of all sins. Hey, uh, don't forget you can um, download all of the episodes. All of our past episodes are archived at growingingrace.org. Uh, you can also find uh, on that site a link for an iTunes download. You can download everything via iTunes as well. Some people are telling me that they're getting a lot out of our... Uh, I've, I've been putting the audio of our podcasts for the last year or so on a video. And even though you don't see Cap and I on these things, we, you can watch the podcasts on YouTube. That's at youtube.com forward slash grace roots. All of our episodes, at least for the last year or so, are on there. Find us on Facebook, too. Facebook.com forward slash grace roots. And we are on, well, at least I am. I'm on Twitter. I, every once in a while, I tweet things out. Twitter.com forward slash Grace Roots. So it's uh, Grace Roots for all of those uh, places that you can find us. Anyway, here we are once again, Cap. How's things going? Going good. Yeah, I drew a line in the sand. No Twitter for me, man. I mean, you, <laughs> enough is enough. Enough with the technology and the social networking. I'm, I'm drawing a line and I'm saying, no, I'm not going to cross this line. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. Someday I might. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. Now, I don't know what all the fuss is myself. I, some people they spend hours on Twitter, and I've just I've not really gotten into it. I like it. I, I'll tweet out a link to the program, and I'll come up with a little saying, something to say. But I don't spend a whole lot of time on there. Well, here's a question for you. First of all, I have a confession to make, <laughs> Joel. I, I have a confession, and that is that I haven't confessed my sin for like 15 years, <laughs> and. I've oh, got man. you know a decent amount of catching up to do, probably. Uh, maybe not as much as I used to. Heathen. But that's the good news. I think I've I think I've diminished the count, <laughs> but uh, still, it's it's there. You know, I'm being a little bit facetious here, a little bit fun. But the truth is, Joel, for many years in my Christian life, because this is what I was taught, this was part of the the doctrine that was handed down to me, and I took it you know, somewhat seriously. Most of the time it just depressed me. But uh, th th that doctrine was that now that you're saved, now that you're forgiven, you, you know, live right. But if you do something wrong, just ask God to forgive you. You know, just confess your sins and, and he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. And uh, so that's the road I went down. And guess what? It didn't take very, it didn't take very darn long for me to realize that I, I might not be confessing all of them. And where did that leave me? It left me in a place of confusion and uncertainty is where it left me. And I didn't realize, Joel, until many years later when I came across the good news of, of the grace of the gospel. Not the religious stuff, but the, the good news of, the, of God's grace and unconditional love and mercy. It, when I came into realization, into the realization that I no longer had to confess all of my sins to be forgiven, but that I was, in fact, already forgiven because of that one sacrifice that Jesus Christ uh, made for all of us, once and for all, that the final finished work that, that took away the sin of the world, once I began to realize that, it changed everything for me. 
because I no longer was in this place of, of me and, and what I had failed in. Because that, guess what? When you're in that kind of a doctrine, your focus is always on what you just didn't do correctly or what you did wrong. I got freed up from that, and we're going to talk some more about that this week. Yeah, and it's, that is a really good place to be. And I was going to joke around and say, man, I think I'm supposed to separate myself from sinners like you. <laughs> if you haven't confessed your sins, you're not cleansed from all sin. But, you know, but a lot of people, of course, the, the go-to place is First John 1, 9. That's, that's where that doctrine comes from. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sounds straightforward if you just read that and that alone. But when you look at that one verse in the context of all that uh, John is saying there, and then in the context of the whole rest of the New Testament epistles that talk about how, <laughs> through the blood of Jesus, Hebrews is really big on this point, it's through that one sacrifice, the once-for-all sacrifice that we've been cleansed and that we've been uh, made holy and sanctified. It's through the blood of Jesus uh, that all that has happened. Uh, if you look at it in the context of Paul saying that God has already forgiven us, you know, we forgive other people, not in order to receive forgiveness, but because we've been forgiven. Because we've already been forgiven, let's pass that same forgiveness on to others. And so you can look at 1 John 1, 9 now, and all the other things that John says there, and realize this is already true of a Christian, what he's saying there is basically for unbelievers. There was a problem in the church at that time of uh, some Gnostic believers, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, Gnostics. They were basically saying that there was really no such thing as sin. Sin wasn't a problem. I'm not going to explain the whole thing because that's not really the point of this particular program, but basically the problem was they were, not, uh, they were denying that sin was a problem. And so John said to them, if we confess, and that word confess means to agree with, if we agree with this thing, that there is really a thing called sin, you re then you're, what you're admitting there is that Jesus and his sacrifice is what was needed, and therefore you can be cleansed and you know, forgiven of all sins. Yeah, there's a lot to extract from that passage. You know, the, the word sins there, it's a noun, not a verb. It's not an action. It's a condition uh, that we had in Adam. Uh, we were born into sin, and uh, there is a confession that we have under this new covenant, and it's the confession of Christ, Jesus Christ, Lord of all. That's our confession. And, you know, this, this thing about confessing sins, Joel, it, it, didn't just, uh, it didn't just start in the New Testament or the New Covenant. Uh, this is really an, an old covenant practice. As you and I were talking before, this is something that, uh, that people did or the high priest may have done. Uh, I believe you, you mentioned uh, it usually happened once a year where people or the priest would uh, confess the, the sins of the people, the iniquities and so forth. And, and what they were doing really essentially was confessing you know, they had the animal sacrifices there, right? And so they, they would confess their, their, their guilt, their, their sin, onto the innocent animal uh, who would, you know, kind of take the punishment for them, so to speak. Of course, it was all symbolic of the sacrifice of Christ. But you, you kind of made the comment before we came on that uh, that usually happened once a year. And uh, that was under the old covenant that was so burdensome. Uh, and yet, under the New Covenant, we've got people telling us that we need to be doing that every day. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, this whole thing with the confession over an animal, you, we, you know, we've heard the term scapegoat, and of course that term scapegoat comes from Leviticus 16. This is where I found all this stuff. What they would do is they would confess all the iniquities of the children of Israel, all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and they would send the goat away into the wilderness. The goat would bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and uh, the goat would be released into the wilderness. And so the scapegoat, you know, someone taking the blame for somebody else. And uh, yeah, what I, what I read there later on, I read down uh, in that chapter, uh, 16, uh, Leviticus 16.29, this shall be a statute forever for you in the seventh month on the tenth day of the month. In other words, this was indeed a yearly thing. They didn't do this all the time. It wasn't like they went every week to confess their sins. It wasn't they, they didn't do this every day, every month. It was every year. And here in the church, we take this one verse, 1 John 1, 9, out of context, and we make it something that people are supposed to do all the time. The law was difficult enough. You know, to keep all of these statutes, all of these things, that was difficult enough. We have made it a whole lot harder, a lot more difficult by saying that each one of our sins <laughs> we need to confess when really that's not what God wants from us. It's, it's not a matter of confessing our sins in order to be cleansed and forgiven, but it's a matter of acknowledging the fact that we are righteous and reminding ourselves that God has made us righteous. And as we've talked about in the past on this program, knowing that the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of sin because of unbelief, but us, we, who believe the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness, and that's something we can rest in. Isn't that something? I mean, how often do you hear that when there's a, a sermon being preached, that the Holy Spirit doesn't come, listen, believers, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to convict you of sin. How many times have you been told that? No wonder we're so messed up. You believe this stuff. I did too for a long time until I found out what the gospel was. But he's not there to convict you of sin. He's there to convict you, to remind you of the fact that you have now been declared the righteousness of God. So when bad things happen and guilt comes knocking at your door, condemnation wants to creep in, this is the Holy Spirit coming along, doing part of his job, of, of his ministry, and that's to remind us, wait a minute, it's okay. You've been forgiven. You are righteous. You've been declared holy. Uh, you are in Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It trumps all that other stuff. And yet the, the devil will always be there to bring the guilt trips and, and, and tell you what you're not. And, and the Spirit of God is there to remind you who you are, regardless of the out, outward circumstances. But it's interesting to me, Joel, I think that, I don't know, and I'm sure there are some out there, because it's a big world, I just haven't heard of any. But take, uh, you know, Bible-believing Christian churches today. Imagine if they were sacrificing animals today. I mean, they would have PETA on their doorstep. <laughs> and they'd sure. be accused of animal uh, abuse and, and that kind of stuff. And, but yet... We carry many of the same Old Covenant principles into a New Covenant church, and we just leave the animals out of it sometimes. And you might as well be bringing the animals in if you're going to be teaching some of these doctrines about the confession of sin or you know, the Spirit of God convicting you of, of sin, those kinds of things. I think this is, again, the gospel is good news. And if, if you're hearing something that makes you feel worse, 
than before you were listening, then it's probably not the gospel. So we're here to encourage you that you have been forgiven through one sacrifice, and there's nothing you have to do to go back to change that, because you see, Jesus took away the thing that was between us and God. He took away the sin of the world, uh, and, and he's not there now to, uh, to accuse us, uh, except that we are uh, the righteousness of God in him. That's right. You know, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the program our, about our identity, that is the reality of who we are. And uh, all of these old covenant sacrifices and confessions and all that, they were done before the cross. They were done before we were made the righteousness of God. Now the, the reality is that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We've already been cleansed. Let me just leave with this. I love this passage from Titus 3. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That washing, that cleansing that we received, it's once and for all. It's by the blood of Jesus. It's not something that we could ever do or, or make enough confessions to make it a reality because it already is a reality through that one confession that we made, the confession of Jesus Christ. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.